Well, I think this just got pushed from pre-roll to post-roll because of that. <laughs> from Day Job Studios in beautiful, safe, Brighton neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me for this show that has everything from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Good afternoon, Anne. Good afternoon, Bobby. Still morning to me, but we're close enough. Yeah, straddling time zones here. In uh, the middle-aged mama studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H. Bomb Livingston Butler. Good day, Hillary. Good day in the best time zone, central time zone. So morning technically is here as well. Oh, those are fighting words. <laughs> I feel passionately about it. And where I imagine it's pre-dawn in the Necco Wafer Studios of Linwood, <laughs> Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Good morning, Christy. Hello. It's very early here. Very early. <laughs> <laughs> well, but our air is not poisonous for the first time Yay! in two weeks. It's just unsafe for sensitive groups which is that's a win that is a win man that's a yeah. win those sensitive groups are always whining about right. something i know God, get God. over Put it a mask on shut up <laughs> uh sam is at home right now watching a uh like a conference live stream from saskatoon and the biggest challenge we had this morning was realizing that saskatoon uh does they're in mountain time or they they are in central time, but they observe daylight saving all year or something. Basically, they're two yeah. hours behind, but you wouldn't know it. It was very confusing trying it to figure really out what time it is in Saskatoon. Time zones just suck. Stop with the daylight savings. Like, yeah, just, we have ugh. got to get this This would be the best year to stop it because we're yes. all in our house. Time doesn't matter. Yep. Do away right. with it now. The only upside was getting to say Saskatoon over and over yeah. again all morning. <laughs> <laughs> But don't you have to say it like Saskatoon? (laughs) That's good. That was a good one. Yeah. Thanks. This is a nice foreshadowing to my answer about what did you think was normal when you were growing up. But first, (laughs) we're going to do a little small talk. We're going to answer last week's question of the week, or rather share your answers to it. Then we're going to share Tishi's plan for fall happiness, uh, 18 ways to please your man, and all sorts of other (laughs) Cosmo-oriented things in an expanded uh, uh, Tishi recommends of sorts. Then we'll do our housekeeping and how you can get involved with the show. Hillary, take us into small talk, would you? Yes, I will. Um, I just want to give a little update on the my project with Bridget of watching teen or teen oriented movies or just movies that I really like that I think she might like. Um, we watched two in the past week since we last recorded on um, last Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yeah, I think it was Saturday. We watched Footloose. Which there we go. Oh, I, the new or the old one? Christy, come on. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Give me a break. I mean, whatever. I would, you know, I would watch it, but my Ren is Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. and that is the final word on that. Um, it was really I mean, Kenny Warnold or whatever <laughs> yes. his name is. Yes. No, Kevin Bacon. Absolutely not. 
Um, it was really good. I think she got a little bored during it. Like I could tell by, you know, her moving around and stuff, but she liked it. And of course she liked the end because who doesn't like the end? And I realized that I still know. Yeah. I thought this was a party. Let's dance. (laughs) I still know all the moves in that part because I watched it way too many times as a kid. Um, a couple things from that one, John Lithgow is a really good actor. And I remember being so scared of him. Um, because it was really the first time, I mean, I guess I'd probably seen him in um, Terms of Endearment, but it was the first time I had really seen him. And I did go to church as a kid, as we will briefly mm-hmm. discuss in the, and uh, you know, what our listeners put as odd things from their family. But I didn't go to like a Hellfire Brimstone kind of church. Like, And I just went to Sunday school. Like, I didn't go to the big church or anything. So I remember being so scared of her, Ariel's dad in that movie. Um it, but he's really good. And Diane Weist is good, though. She has this, like, um, the gynecologist talk, like, speech pattern where it's mm-hmm. like, hello, how are you? Um, <laughs> but um, it was really good. And, oh, the other thing, these things that are so casual, I feel like, in movies in the 80s, like, the casual hitting of women as, like, not a big deal. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah. Don't ever let a guy do that to you. You know, it's just mm-hmm. such a hard thing to explain. And I probably flinched when I was a kid, but it wasn't as, you know, kind of sh- shocking. But anyway, there was a fair amount of that. But mostly it was good. And and I don't know. I, you know, as with every 80s movie, it's a little like yikes, mm-hmm. but pretty, yep. pretty. So I have a question. Do you, when they are yikes, do you use that as like a teaching moment? Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I'm like, you know, (laughs) I I need to better prepare myself because I'm always, I feel like I'm caught off guard, even though I do remember that her boyfriend hits her, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why I just am like, oh, don't ever let a guy do that to you. (laughs) I mean, not that she, that's like in her control, but I'm like, never take that. You need to tell us or, you know, I used it more because like the R word comes up a lot in Mm -hmm. movies, like a lot, a lot in movies. And I just like, don't use that word. It's not an appropriate, it's not a kind word to use, um, even if you're trying to be funny. And she, it's weird because I feel like kids don't use it as much anymore. Whereas it was a word that I used probably like a fair amount because it was just the randomly watching an episode of the office or a few episodes of the office last night on comedy central just rolling and there's a moment when kevin uses it in definition but still awkward awkward to hear it on tv just it's it's jarring it is it is yeah so that one i mean i I, you know we just kind of talk through that stuff the hardest one so far has been mean girls even though that's probably the newest one we've watched i think um because they just call each other bitches and sluts the whole time and i'm like Mm -hmm. don't you don't i mean and that's sort of the whole point of the movie but trying to explain that to an eight-year-old is you know is a little bit tough but um but we like that one and then last night (laughs) it synced up i guess well with current events which like fuck my life fuck all of our lives but um yeah we watched legally blonde last night um because i was like oh that'll be fun and i loved it when i was oh god i was like 22 when it came out and i you know whatever I, reese witherspoon is very charming in it and it's i mean it's silly as hell but like it you know is it i knew she would like it and she, of course she loved it though again there are definitely there is more um adult talk in it than I remember there being and it's not uh, most of it probably would fly over her head but I'm like she's there's a part where Allie Larder is being questioned as to why she 
um, married somebody who was like 30 years older than she is. And she said, would you want to show him a picture of his dick? And I was like, Ooh, Ooh. like, <laughs> I know I kind of like balked at that a little bit, but again, she, you know, I watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and I remember the part with Judge Reinhold. Like, I remember it, but I didn't really know what was happening. Mm-hmm. So it's it didn't scar me or anything. So anyway, she enjoyed it. And um, another thing that I did last night, and we won't get too far down this hole because it's too fucking sad to think about. But I, you know, when I heard the news about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I was really upset. Obviously, every logical person is. Um and I showed, I was like, just as a brief primer, because they didn't really know who she was. And trying to explain the Supreme Court is like, I get, you know, I'm always giving like little mini lessons, but it's hard to really, and, until I like I draw on a piece of paper, like the three branches of government. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just showed them the preview of the RBG documentary. And I started crying so hard. Like I was like, <gasps> <gasps> and Rory said, mommy, stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't, <laughs> you know, and it's set to music and you know, the whole just whatever. I mean, it's just really fucking sad, but anyway. Um, uh, so I, I don't think that they would ever, she would ever sit for that. Cause it's a documentary. I mean, it's, but there is start. that one movie, um, yeah. On the basis with, of sex is so good. Yes. Is it good? I, um, I haven't seen it. What's her face is so extremely not a Jewess that I was like, why did they cast her? Why did they cast her? Yeah. <laughs> a Jewess? Do we use that word anymore? <laughs> Probably not. But, um, but um, I, yeah, I'm, I'll look into it. I mean, listen, if I get to watch Army Hammer for a little bit, yep. I happily will. Get on um, board. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, it's continuing, and I'm going to start looking back to the um, – to our lovely listeners for their suggestions because I need to dig in. Honestly, it's real. I mean, she loves them, but it really is a way for her to eat a whole like bag of popcorn. Yeah, so same. she will happily do it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> nothing makes me happier. This is this is when I miss movie theaters. Nothing makes me happier than eating. <laughs> this is so gross. Like a hand stuffing my face full of popcorn. And like barely chewing it and then sipping a Diet Coke and letting it like disintegrate in my mouth. I love it so much. It's such a weird, gross thing. And I miss it a lot. It's a popcorn filter. (laughs) Anyway, that's it. Um, And I guess my my next one, and again, Christy could probably talk to this, but this week was tough, y'all. I mean, besides the shitty, shitty news. Distance learning fucking sucks. It sucks so badly and... I don't know. I feel I mean, like I'm yelling I, all the time. All the time. And I and I'm trying to oscillate between being super supportive, like you can do this and like ask me questions mm-hmm. to being like don't bother me right now. No. What are you doing? Get out of here. I mean, there's no and Bridget is much like I am in a way where she sometimes I'm bad about reading directions cause I'm a big skimmer. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like, okay, okay, I got it, got it, got it. And so she'll just do something thinking she understands it. And then the teacher says, Oh, you know, you got a 60 or something on that. And she has to redo it. And I'm really trying to take it in stride. It's not, you know, it's not it's third grade. Like it's not that big of a deal, but it just feels like the pressure cooker is on all the time until we complete all of the assignments and my heart is just sort of going, going. And then I'm working. Dave's working. The kids are running around. Rory, Rory's okay, but he's bored too. So it just it fucking sucks. And supposedly, I mean, we'll see. There's this calculation that they have about sending the kids mm-hmm. back. And Rory gets to go back first. But if I read it correctly and if I understand it correctly, because 
you know, he has an like because Bridget has Rory, she can also go back. Which, and you're like, yes, come get him. I know, I know. Seriously, I'm like, please. So, you know, technically she really wouldn't go back until the 17th of October. But I think she gets to go back because she's with him. But I don't really understand. There's no aftercare anymore, which is fine because my work is for now still not open. And even when they do open, they're going to be like, you know, they say that they're understanding. At least you would get caretaker. to have like five to six hours of work. Oh, I mean... I mean, when we sent them to camp this summer, it made the summer bearable mm-hmm. because it was like, uh, they're not here up in our grill all the time. Like, I'm bored or I need help. And and, and distance learning is, we uh, we truly have to be there monitoring them. Now, both of my kids are really good at technology because they use their iPads all the fucking time. So mm-hmm. they know how to like, even Rory, who doesn't read, can like bebop his way from um, Zoom to Zoom. But um, it's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot of pressure. And... I de- the many tears have been spilled over this and Dave's like, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But then he'll have a breakdown every once in a while too. And just a lot of yelling and a lot of, but then yelling, but then feeling bad about yelling mm-hmm. and feeling bad about them learning this way. Anyway, it just fucking sucks. And you know, vote November 3rd. Yes. <laughs> you know who to vote for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Bobby. Yeah. What you got? How's your move? Right. Bob, Are y'all moved yeah, Bobby's in? Bobby's had a, like a stress-free. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah. so easy. <laughs> just I'm just trying by. to figure out how to follow that. I mean, I uh, not having children has really paid off recently. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> oh, seriously. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm not minimizing it. Y'all have your own experiences and stuff, but I am inherently jealous of every day that you wake up without a child right now. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been touched by another human uh, being true. in yes, exactly. five months. But <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, I have no children. No, I know. I know. It's it's grass is greener yeah. situation always. So we moved. Uh, I know I, I was on the show a couple of weeks ago and we had moved at that point, but we're really starting to uh settle in now we're in boston we sold one of the cars like a week and a half ago now so we're down to one car which is fine because we really didn't need two so i'm walking to work most days i'm in the office now because the office is a mile away from our new apartment and uh i have more room here to set all this crap up than we have at the apartment so this just makes more sense uh we are waiting on an ikea delivery we went last weekend in fact while you guys were recording last week Sam and I were at Ikea. Um, and no meatballs. Oh, I, you know, after I said that, I did kind of wonder. We were devastated. So, you know, the, the thing with Ikea is you walk around the display area and then you go to the cafeteria and have lunch and recharge. And then you get downstairs to where all the small stuff is and you buy all the small stuff and then you go collect all the big stuff and then you go check out. We got through all the displays and I was very hungry and very tired and we get to the dining room and it's closed. <laughs> like forever because of COVID? Yeah. Do they even have like the frozen? Because you can buy the, the meatballs separate, right? Yeah, but it's not the same if it's not being yeah. served to me by some person in a weirdly striped rugby polo. <laughs> I just know. was wondering if they are selling that food because I, people go there just for that. I assume they are the bistro, quote unquote bistro, where you can get like the hot dog uh-huh. for 50 yeah. cents and the... Yeah. That was open, but mm. it's past the registers. And so by the time we checked out, I don't want a 50-cent house. No, right. get the hell out of Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, before, in, in the uh, olden days, if, when we would arrive, first arrive, you know, I would go flash my Ikea family card and get a free coffee 
and maybe I would buy a 50 cent hot dog for the novelty of it. But because now it's so structured and you can't backtrack or cut to another part of the store. Oh, really? So you can only go to the bistro when you're leaving or, you know, on your way out. It's the last thing. So. Wow. Yep. So we did that. And most of the stuff we wanted was sold out. I mean, that's our fault for going like three weeks after college, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even in a, a pandemic year. A lot of their stuff year. has been, been sold out like the whole pandemic. Right. I've noticed. So. We want uh, we want a, a TV stand that has a bunch of storage in it and a thing to make a coffee stand in the hallway outside our kitchen. And so that stuff's coming. So I am ready to do more IKEA assembly soon. <laughs> Can I come do it? I love me too. IKEA I furniture. love it. It's my favorite. Oh my god! You are a sociopath. What is wrong? With you? <laughs> I like building it more than I like having it in my house. <laughs> It's so fun. Like put on a movie, <laughs> yeah, Diet yeah. Coke. I mean, your mileage may vary on the Diet Coke, mm-hmm. and then just settle right. in for a couple of hours with the Allen wrench. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, so so I have done this enough times now that I have learned. So I have the hex key adapters for the cordless drill. <laughs> And That's so cheating. I do not. That's nice. I do not fool around with the Allen wrenches. I just can't do it. Although I did for one thing we assembled. So we got a little bench that we're using as a coffee table. So all that's coming. The bed frame, not IKEA, but similar, is coming soon. And so right now we look semi squatter-ish in the yeah. apartment. But but mm-hmm. you know by the beginning of October hopefully we'll have furnished it. And then in a couple of years when we move I'll be pissed when I have to take it all back apart again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, and also, before the furniture comes, uh, I think Sam's going to paint. So when we first moved in, I took pictures of every little thing. And it, it's a college neighborhood apartment, so there's a lot of crap. Like, the walls are landlord off-white uh, or yeah. light blue. And it's painting and cracked in a few places, and everything's a little sloppy. And we're not going to clean it up too much, but Sam has painted everywhere we've ever lived. And... After sending a bunch of pictures to the building owner, who we've never met in person because we worked with a broker, um, he emailed us back and was just like, great, we'll uh, give the handyman your contact information for a couple of those things. There's a couple of pretty rough spots. And he'll be in touch. And he hasn't been in touch, and it's been like two and a half weeks. So I'm taking that as license to just do whatever we want. And when we move out, I think we'll leave it better than we moved in, so whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When I I was young and I would have an apartment like this, I'd be like, oh, no, don't put holes in the wall. Don't paint. You can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Just keep it clean. And now I've just decided, yeah, fuck it. If the worst case scenario is we lose our deposit, I don't care. When I um, when we my best friend Emily and I moved into our apartment in Berkeley, you know, we were 22 years old and we thought, you know, it was like put you know friends ish time and we're like let's paint it'll be so fun we painted (laughs) and I have no crafting ability at all like I am I think I don't have like good like fine motor skills or something I'm not good at anything like that and we painted our kitchen well we wanted to paint red which is bizarre but it was really like a salmon salmon color (laughs) because you have to put so many coats on and there were like just paint things on the ceiling like we weren't meaning to paint the ceiling but there's just little like brush strokes on the sure, ceiling and mm-hmm. I, I think did we paint it over we did a good job in the bedroom we painted it like a periwinkle which was sort of nice but yeah the the god the kitchen was so, it was disgusting like it was disgusting looking <laughs> nobody would want to eat in that kitchen because it's like repulsive 
Um, but yeah, the, because he painted it the color of undercooked food. <laughs> Basically, yes, it's like a little <laughs> pink. <laughs> Uh, so after that I was like I vowed and I didn't paint we didn't paint this house until it got to be too much and ours was kind of like that off-white color and at some point I was like I got it we have to paint something I remember when I was house shopping and I went to look at some condo and I don't have a problem with color and I you know people want to have fun and paint different things but the interior of this house looked like a clown threw up (laughs) (laughs) it was unreal Like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? When we bought the house in Rhode Island, they had painted the two upstairs bedrooms. The the dumb owner had painted it to make it look like like it was kids' rooms. And this was his idea to help sell it. So one room was (laughs) bright bubblegum pink and the other room was neon green. No. No. No, actually, in, in this house, one of the bedrooms, I would call it apple green. Okay. The walls were, mm-hmm. and then there was a round bed with the, like the princess netting, not a canopy, but like you you'd um, hang like yeah, yeah, a tool yeah. or gauze from yeah. the ceiling and mm-hmm. put it. And I was like, "These are two adults that live here." <laughs> it was what obviously like two like young women were living there. I know because one of them left her passport sitting out oh, in her bedroom. Oh! <laughs> You're like, oh, no, take a peek at this. They had like decorative shelving on the walls, just like little shallow shelves, and there was her passport sitting right there. And I was oh like, gosh. "Um, <laughs> a little tip to you, maybe yeah. took that one away." Yeah, maybe like out of like the direct sight lines. Yeah. So basically, all I'm saying is Sam and I are now living in an 80s montage where we're going to be like painting and building furniture. And at one point, I'm going to sit on a chair with wet paint on it and get paint on my ass. And we're going to laugh. And, you know, she's going to smack me. and It's going to be playful. And then and then the end of the song, three minutes later, Kenny Loggins is going to fade out and a perfectly finished apartment is going to fade in. So listen uh, having having watched footloose kenny loggins is mm-hmm. like does he have a nobel prize or something or like a pulitzer because he is a genius his songs are amazing great mm-hmm. uh matt worked a gig with him <gasps> matt, matt was in a, a singing group uh and they had a gig where kenny loggins was I don't know the headliner or the performer or whatever and they sang some backup for him i believe matt can clarify but oh matt like come on give Tell us, us yeah. comment give us on the this. Dirt. i need to hear the story <laughs> oh man amazing so i think it's mailbag time all right let's get to the mailbag yes. i should have told you guys to keep this short because we have so much to talk about oh for God. last week's question Jesus week. as christy said families are weird yeah <laughs> So the question to refresh everybody's memory was, what did you think was normal as a kid that now you know is not? Um, Oh, boy. I'm going to try to go through these, but they have to be talked about, some of these. Okay, here we go. We'll have to go quick through medium talk. Uh, Saska says, uh, one thing she thought was normal, scrubbing toilet bowls with a pumice stone twice weekly. Wow. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, Heather said, growing up, my grandma and my mom and aunts all served raw carrots as a side to literally every dinner, even if there was another cooked vegetable or it was pancakes for dinner. I didn't realize until I went to college, it was just because my dad and his brothers were super picky and it's the only vegetable they all eat. <laughs> we had, pan- we had carrots when, when we had, um, 
breakfast for dinner and my mom would make pancakes then the vegetable she would make the crudite platter oh, yes of course yep. sure. yeah. she always called it the crudite platter so <laughs> fancy carrot sticks mm-hmm. uh charles made me laugh he says as an asian kid like everything <laughs> <laughs> i love charles yes <laughs> uh, christy you wanted to speak to maggie's for sure okay I don't know Maggie's Maggie. plural. I feel I don't know what's going on in Maggie's house. Maybe her parents were both stoners, but listen to the food that they would eat and she thought was normal. Mini marshmallows in tomato soup, brown sugar in milk, peanut butter and brown sugar sandwiches, and spaghetti made with tomato soup and Worcestershire sauce. Well, that's a spaghetti hack, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tomato soup is so um, sugary, though. Like, yeah. it's so sweet. I don't... Oh. Well, that's kind of a common thread in all of these. Yes. Yeah, that's right. true. I was thinking about the PB and brown sugar sandwich, and I'm like, well, I mean, jam I would... is full of sugar. Oh, I mean, I would eat merit. that. So, I would eat yeah. that. Yeah. Of the ones that she listed, I'd be willing to give that one a whirl. But For sure. This is definitely college kid stoners. Like, what do we have? I know. <laughs> some brown sugar and peanut butter. Well, it's also like 50s and 60s yes. cuisine. Yeah. Totally. Kind of, For right? totally. Marshmallow, re- marshmallow really factored in uh, yeah. in a lot of places mm-hmm. in the 50s. I totally. 60s, I think. Yeah. Brown sugar and peanut butter is half of the ingredients of a basic peanut butter cookie. True. So... Sure. Yeah. (laughs) You make an excellent point. Uh, Andrea has a really positive one. Not so much like a, whoa, whoa, your family was weird, but like, okay. That's kind of a good idea. She says, my parents made me give them half of any money I earned to go into my savings account. I thought it was normal until I learned as a teenager that other kids got to keep the money they earned. (laughs) So I started lying to my mom. If I made $20 babysitting, I told her I made 10. So that way I only had to give her five. (laughs) I thought my system was foolproof. Although I do remember my mom quizzing me. They only gave you $10 after you sat three kids for eight hours and other comments like that. I could tell she was annoyed, but I was just focused on not getting caught. It wasn't until I was 40 and recounting the story to one of my neighbors, and she said, Oh, Andrea, your mom must have thought we were taking advantage of you and being so cheap. And that's when I realized all those people I babysat were my mom's friends and neighbors. And yes, she probably oh, did no. think that. Oh. It just could have been that they were cheap. I think about the what I got paid for babysitting sometimes. Oh, man. Man. I mean, and, and it varied per family. Mm-hmm. It could be two dollars an hour for two kids or it could be two dollars an hour per kid right or it could be three dollars an hour you know people are cheap Mm -hmm. the most i ever got babies the most i ever got paid and this was at the very end of my tenure as a babysitter was five dollars an hour and that was when i was like driving the girl like places like it was i had a car and i was older yeah Yeah. and i was with her for longer and they were super rich but um yeah mostly it was gosh i mean i don't even it was it and it didn't matter about how many kids there were you know it was always like a set um, you know it was three dollars an hour or, or whatever it was and yeah i mean i was just stoked to make money but now it's it's so insane how much you have to pay and of course, it was like the cheapest family that paid me two bucks an hour for their three kids. Mm-hmm. I would go over and they'd be like, 
oh, their cousins are here. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the cousins would be like a six month old baby. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I wait. I have to put this baby to bed. I know. And like, I'm 14. I'm like. (laughs) I had All the right. same thing. I've babysat a Mormon family and it was six months to 12 years oh. old. Oh. They paid me $2 an hour, but always forgot to pay me. Like, oh, he has the checkbook. Like it was shady. Uh. And yeah, it was, it was real bad. And I think I was 14 as well. Yeah. Oh, always. And- yeah. Then when I, you know, I got the job at the Taco John's, I was like four twenty five an hour. I know. I'm rich. I'm rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't have to like clean, like change diapers mm-hmm. or remind people to flush or make sure they brush their teeth oh, or, God. or just be in a house with three kids. <laughs> God. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay. But I mean, I'm sure all of us have many, many babysitting stories of, you know, drunken dads driving me home. Which is something that I don't think hopefully doesn't happen anymore because having a 14 year old girl and like a 45 year old man who's hammered driving you home. It's a little weird. A little weird. Definitely weird. Well, uh, Kristen came in with a thought off of what Maggie said, all Maggie's weird foods. She says, Maggie, you just reminded me white bread, white sugar, and butter. Oh, probably really margarine. 100% was margarine. It was like whatever, country crock or whatever. Yeah. Was an acceptable lunch in the 70s, as was Campbell's condensed cheddar cheese soup. And I was like, condensed, really? But she clarified later on, she did add the water. (laughs) (laughs) Cheddar cheese soup. But I I can't say that I had this white bread sugar and butter sandwich. But Mm -hmm. we would do frozen waffles with butter and sugar on them. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. That sounds really good. Sure. I keep buying that. Yep. Uh, Carolyn said, this was an interesting one, that there are people who don't practice a religion. At one point in my life, I was going to eight church services a week, two youth groups, vocal choir, and bell choir. I was in high school before I knowingly encountered someone who was, quote, unchurched, unquote, as I had been taught to think of it. Yeah, that's a real different ecosystem. Yes, it is. It is. And And I would, like, I... I wasn't unchurched, but my family was not religious, but I was, would be adjacent to people that would go to small group and tur, you know, so many youth groups. And I'm like, what is this life? Yeah. It's actually mm-hmm. a good transition to the next, uh, yeah. next entries <laughs> here. Exactly. For a Missy, this was just fabulous. Getting dropped off at Sunday school. My mom would drop us off and Hillary's parents, usually Michael, would pick us up. None of our parents actually went to church. I love that. Never, never. My parents never went to church. I mean, my parents would go to church for a wedding or like a funeral, but, uh, and my mom was raised, you know, to go to church, but yeah, she was done with it. But I, it 100% was free babysitting and yep. it, it was free babysitting. And also like, it was just the norm for people to go to church. So it was like, okay, well the kids have to go to church and, you know, be socially acceptable, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it was free babysitting all the way and then what do they do like go have mimosas somewhere no i think they would just read the newspaper and like hang out with one less child i you know it was like they weren't living the wild lifestyle but for whatever reason they thought it was important for me to get out of the house and go get god some of the fights with my mom i remember and my mom was a really easy going mom with me but i remember one big fight we had was you know waking up and me being like, I don't, I can't find the dress I want to wear. And her just like ripping out, like, wear this one. <laughs> like just screaming at me, <laughs> which I have also done before. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, yeah. I think there, 
there is something to be said for having some exposure. Yes. Yes. To that, like, you know, everybody should or shouldn't practice religion as they wish, but there's no escaping the fact that we live in a Judeo-Christian yes. society. Yes. And know your enemies. enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking that, you know, enough of those influences are just sort of present in culture. Yes. yes. That it's just helpful to understand. Not necessarily to believe. So. Well, and actually, and I remember, you know, how much I paid attention in those classes. It was all about like memorizing Bible verses or whatever. But I do actually remember going to college and my college uh, was loosely affiliated with, I think, the Presbyterian Church, but I don't, whatever. I mean, just like because it's a private college. But there were, t- you had to take two years of either this thing called search, which is a philosophy track, or life, which is a like the religious track. That doesn't mean it was like you're going to be in the seminary. It was just like learning about religion. Somebody along the way had told me that search was really hard. So that I took, <laughs> they were like, take life because it's way easier. But actually it was good for me because for whatever I ignored in those Sunday school classes, I, I learned like the structure of the Bible. And I don't mean like, again, it was not a religious thing. It was more just like, okay, there are four creation stories in Genesis. You know I mean? It's like, it repeats itself or women in the Bible or whatever. Just like, it helps me. Like, I feel like I could go on Jeopardy and talk about the Bible because I get the illusions. You know, I, I know the major players of it and it is something Mm -hmm. that's, it is literature in a way. Like, do I believe it? No, but it's a good thing to kind of have in your knowledge base. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, your parents were just they were just sure happy you had all those tools. That was yeah, exactly. that was definitely their goal. Oh, totally. Yep. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just to get rid of you for ninety minutes a week. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Missy also said another one that I thought you would relate to, Hillary. It says having a TV in every room of the house. Yes, and my mom said I started it or something like that. But yeah, my parents have. Let me see, and it's less than it used to be because my mom did used to have a TV in her bathroom. Okay, one, two, three. I think there are five TVs in my parents' room. There, or not room in their in their house. I think maybe four now. I think they maybe got rid of them. They will. They're always on. They're all always on all on the constantly. same channel. Occasionally on the same channel, but sometimes on different channels. Just luck of the draw. I know. There's definitely one. I'm teasing you guys, and you know because I've said this, but there's one in the kitchen, and there's one in the like TV room. And the kitchen and the TV room are separated by a door, but that door is mostly open. Um, and a lot of times they're on the same channel, whatever it is, MSNBC or CNN or whatever. And they're like a second off of each other. Yes. So. Oh, no. But my parents uh. can't hear it anymore. Like they can't. They like it, yeah. it's it's like they're numb to it. And I'm like, ah, ah. like it's just as this constant like one beat ahead. But yeah. As someone who spent a lot of his 20s watching sporting events in bars, you would always hear a loud cheer from the kitchen. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. they're, they're listening to the game 10 seconds ahead of the TV it's always, broadcast. Yeah, and the, yes. the TV broadcast, but HD versus regular also is off yes. for some reason. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Yep. Well, um, Morgan says, I found this really cute and charming. Mom would always leave out our wrapping paper for Santa to use. It was weird the first Christmas I remember with my cousins staying over with my maternal grandparents. Santa didn't wrap their presents at all. (laughs) Now, see, that's a mom who's thinking. Yes. If you make a statement that you're going to leave the wrapping paper for Santa to use when he gets here, you really circumvented some awkward questions. Yes. 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 Yep. Cover your lice is basically what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 
Uh, Kaylin says, this isn't sad because nobody has a problem per se, but I was into my 20s when I realized some people's parents didn't have an alcoholic drink every night. Hmm. You know, mine was sort of the opposite, which is funny because you know, my parents definitely enjoy a glass of wine <laughs> now. But um, when I was a kid, my parents really didn't drink that much. So I always thought it was kind of crazy when parents did have mm-hmm. alcohol. I was like, whoa, what's happening mm-hmm. here? I remember my parents had a dinner party once where they had like some bottles of wine. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> what is this house of debauchery? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Phyllis says, the smell of pot. <laughs> Grew up thinking that was normal. <laughs> oh, Phyllis. I, I was the opposite because I had no reference for pot. I mean, it may surprise some of you, but I wasn't much of a pothead in high school. <laughs> no, I refuse <laughs> to believe it. <laughs> but I went to college and then one day my roommate made an offhand um, comment about how the guys smoking pot in the room below us, the smoke was going out the window and coming up and coming into our window. And I was like, oh, that's what that smells like. Okay. Get it. I wasn't like shocked. Like, what? <laughs> what? But, well, well, what? I was like, okay, now I know what that smells like. I thought that's just what guitars and hacky sacks <laughs> smell like. <laughs> Widespread panic flowing up. I, um, because I grew up in Texas and for, you know, in the nineties pot, I don't know. It was like just shitty weed that you would get. And it didn't, I don't feel like it didn't really smell like anything because it was all just like brown and dried. But when I went it to California, like the ditch it came out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I remember going to California and thinking like, God, what, what smells like skunk? Oh my mm-hmm. God. And then realizing, Oh, that's like good weed actually. Like that's <laughs> not the shit that I've been smoking. Every night now. In our window. <laughs> it's a boy. It's it's legal. Recreational. It? Legal in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Just buy a fucking gummy or a cookie. Yes. Or yeah. why yeah. do you have to smoke it now when it's so yeah. easy to get so many ways? Oh. Yeah. I know. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry, Bobby. That's <laughs> city life, you know, in a college neighborhood. Yep, that's true. Uh, Megan said, defrosting chicken by leaving the package out in the sun Megan, I'm so glad you're still with us. I like, did you see the follow-up where she says, I may still do that? (laughs) Well, it's efficient. Right. Uh, Emily says, my mom used to lock us in the backyard for hours on end. She would pass food out the kitchen window. That's my favorite part of that. Had no idea this wasn't normal and honestly didn't mind at the time. Maybe I should do this, come to think of it. Yes. That'd be amazing. Oh. And then there were a couple of people that chimed in with that was like, yeah, our parents used to lock mm-hmm. us out of the house all the Same. time. Mine I told too. my kids that I was going to do that and they started crying. And I was like, we didn't I don't have care. a kitchen food window, though. Like, it was just like, <laughs> right. come back when it's when the lights are on. Yeah. I mean, my mom used to kick us out of the house for an hour every day. She said, you must go outside for an hour. And at the time, I, you know, I just felt like it was unbelievably cruel, but she was probably trying to make sure that her little bookworm daughter was getting some exercise or something. (laughs) Some vitamin D somewhere. I remember like sitting underneath the balcony in the rain, just like waiting for my hour to pee up. Uh, Alicia says, functional democracy. (laughs) LOL. You thought that that was normal, Alicia? Okay. 
and then this last one is from Kalina. She actually put it in the main show post because she was so excited to share it because she couldn't wait for the uh, thread, the specific question to be posted. But it's so good. She says, I have three little brothers. I was 11 when the youngest was born. I called my best friend from the hospital to tell her he was born. And I said excitedly, yeah, four kids. And my mom <laughs> and dad have only had sex once. <laughs> She gently broke the news to me that such a thing is impossible, and I'm still traumatized 29 years later. Oh, sweet, Aww. sweet Kalina. Sweet, innocent that. little baby. I love that announcement. I have, I have a brother, and let's talk about my parents' sex life. <laughs> like, well, why were you putting so much thought into that, Kalina? The one thing I liked about this whole thread is that it actually gave me more. Like, the cake thing is weird but it's fun but then i remembered i never went to the doctor or the dentist yeah yeah that's yeah. weird that is weird Jeff, bobby really did you weird. have a similar thing oh yeah. yeah yeah no all of my physicals from the school nurse physicals because i was on the list of kids who didn't go to a doctor yeah. and Aww. uh i went to the dentist like twice in my entire childhood but i have more than made up for it in the last <laughs> yeah, two years right. so that's fine i never had a physical till i was 30 years old wow when I finally got health insurance on my own. You're like, I'm going to look into this real quick. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, I feel like Lady Parts needs some, <laughs> needs some observation. <laughs> <Check it out. laughs> well, it just makes you realize parents don't know what they're doing. No. Especially no. boomer parents. Like, <laughs> what are they even right. doing? Locking us out, giving us but marshmallows and soup. Like, <laughs> The thing that I wish that I had, like, that my boomer parents have is the like authority figure position. Like I feel like my kids can see through my bullshit all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just trusted my parents. Too smart. I know. Well, the problem is you sob at movie trailers in front of (laughs) me. I know. They can't take me serious. (laughs) And I'm like, show me the latest TikTok dance. (laughs) Bobby, did you have other uh, things that you thought were normal? Yeah, well, so I got a couple of different things. Uh, the first is just thinking about the cake thing. It wasn't on my list for this, but it did make me think is I, I've been told this is just a Buffalo thing. But growing up, it was Rochester, too. And I thought it was everywhere. Is the the birthday cake knife thing? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No. Mm, no. So when you cut into a birthday cake, whoever in the room has the next birthday pulls the knife out and makes a wish. Oh, that's fun. I thought you were going to say licks it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what is happening there? I, that's kind of a fun thing. That's yeah. a, yeah, that's a that. tradition that, yeah, that was that was when I was growing up. And, and everyone in Western New York growing up, I think, knew that. So it wasn't even like a weird thing you had to explain. It would just be like, oh, okay, who's got the next birthday? Come on over and... So yeah, birthday cake thing. Uh, what did I think was normal when I was growing up that I now know is not? It's just a bunch of random Canadian shit. Like... Yeah. We've yeah. we've talked extensively before about butter tarts and like that was just a thing that was part of the dessert menu of my childhood. I mean, um, but it's normal for Canadians. Right. Right. But but it's not normal for like here and yeah. uh similarly, uh, though I did not drink much really at all until college, uh like Labatt was just like the like if you just wanted a beer period, it was just Labatt. Like That's it was what just it was. Yeah, it's, it's all these little just Canadian and then like Canadian TV. Like it didn't occur to me that not everyone was watching the red, the red green show on PBS. No, I, <laughs> I mean, all of us discerning people were. <laughs> right. 
I'm all the way down here. I don't know what that is. So a lot of that is just border adjacency and then my grandmother's influence on my life. So yeah, that, I think that's most of it. I'm sure there are more if I keep, you know, digging into the weird quirky things. But like, also we were just broke. So we just didn't buy or do mm-hmm, things. Yeah. So yeah. Like, it was just, you know, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I know. I was thinking like my bratty ways that I was like, I think that I always thought people had, <clears throat> I thought it was weird if people didn't have like a housekeeper. I was like, what? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Housekeeper's the best. And now I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, clean. <laughs> I know. Yeah. How do you get that done? Oh, God. Wait, do you asshole. bathe yourself? <laughs> <laughs> but someone needs to meet with the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our very own Alice. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, it was a really good list and there are more and I have a feeling the list is going to keep growing so that's a good commercial for going to the Facebook group <laughs> yes for sure for sure uh, and I think we're ready for our medium talk yeah yeah all right yeah 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 <laughs> I don't know where that came from <laughs> I think it's just a little bit of that Ikea still rubbing off on me <laughs> Uh, the, the thought for this episode was Tishi's plan for fall happiness. Like I said at the top, this is sort of our version of a, of like a Cosmo or, or other magazines sort of listicle of, of things in our various (laughs) fields of expertise that, uh, we present to you to, to help you get through these ongoing troubling times as we move into fall, but it's not just fall related. It's more just things that we're experts on or think we're experts on, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> claim some sort yeah. of expertise yeah yes. just, just these little tidbits in our various categories uh and so we've each picked uh, a couple of categories of things that we want to share some highlights from for all of you to uh to make your lives a little bit better uh and we can go in whatever order is anyone feeling the spirit move to go first i mean i mean Anne. i feel like pies are a good yes place to start. Uh, 100% it's pretty hard to to go wrong with uh pies <laughs> as a category yeah right yes i have chosen to talk about pies guys just as an aside great british baking show this coming friday what first new episode so drops on netflix Yay. So, and you know, my shame is that I haven't really watched it. I have watched it before, but it has not like become, I mean, and I liked it, but it was just mm-hmm. not like, it didn't become, you know, a hook in, but I'm really there's, struggling. There's not enough drama for you. There's well, no, it's a good two like, screener though. It is. And I do like a nice reality show. Um, so I feel like I need to get into it because I, like, as I have not recommended anything in Tishi for a long time, cause I feel like I'm just out of, I just like, don't know. I'm like, <laughs> just, uh, how many times can you recommend spotlight? I know. Spotlight? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I need something and I like it when there's a lot of something. Sometimes that's overwhelming to me, but I like just being able to, to yeah, to two screen something. You should try it. I am. I'm going to. Anyway, pies. I don't want to push too hard. <laughs> I know. I know. No, I, I'm going to dig in. So let's talk a little bit about pies. I have just a couple of things to say, and then I have some pie recipes for you all. Uh, and I would le- also like to say our senior guest producer, occasional senior guest producer, Andrea Ballard, is the pie expert. Yes. I defer to her knowledge. She... It was very weird to me when I started listening to her wonderful baking podcast, Preheated, everybody should check it out, that she said she was intimidated by cake, but she was very comfortable with pie. And I'm like, well, that seems 
backwards. Yeah. You yeah. don't normally find that that way because pie is a very intimidating thing to most people. But there is a pie for everybody. I don't care what your tastes are. You can find something if it's your cream type pie or your fruit pie or your whatever pie. If you like pies that are like candy bars, you can get that too. I just think we can find a way to heal this country with our pies. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing better than a small town restaurant that specializes Mm -hmm. in pies. You can go to your Baker's Square or whatever, but that, I mean, God bless you if you enjoy those. There's a place for that. But those pies are so filled with chemicals and stabilizers that uh, having a a homemade or a small shop made is an incredible step up, I think. There, and everybody like knows a pie shop, like an old fashioned yep. pie shop mm-hmm. that they think of fondly in Minnesota. Everybody knows about Betty's Pies, which is in Two Harbors, Minnesota, which is just north of Duluth. So it's up in the north of the state. And we go, always go right by it when we're going up to Castle Danger to go to the <laughs> Lundholm family cabin. And for years, it was just like a little sort of shacky thing off the road and now they've really sort of built that up into a big enterprise and I have their cookbook and it you know it's just like Betty back in 1950 whatever started making pies and it's an absolute tradition for anybody in Minnesota who goes up to that neck of the woods um but all those little small town pie places are awesome mm-hmm. and as i said people are intimidated by the thought of making a pie but there's no need to be you can start with a store-bought crust if you're not comfortable with that and just get comfortable with making the filling part. You can experiment. You can work your way up to it. It's always edible. Mm -hmm. But it's a multi-step process, so you just need to be a little bit organized. The great thing is that the stages of making a pie are all really easy to, like, break up and do separately. Like, if I'm going to bake a pie over the weekend, usually on Friday night, I take like 10 minutes and make the dough and then put it in the fridge overnight because it needs to sit and chill. And then the next day I take it out and I like roll it out and put it in the pie tin and put it back in the the fridge or even the freezer. And then on Sunday I make the filling and bake the pie. And it's really easy. Just as long as you're not like, uh, I need you to make a pie right now. Yeah, it's not, it's not like a last minute kind of deal. Right. Like, I'm going to whip together a pie. And the great thing is pie crusts freeze exceptionally well. So you can roll out the pie and, you know, put it in the the pan and wrap it in saran wrap and then just stick it in the freezer. And it'll keep for months. And then whenever you're like, hmm, I feel like pie, you just pull that sucker out. I can guarantee you it won't take months for me to feel like pie. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a question. How many yeah. um, active pies do you have, like the dough, the crust, in your freezer right now? Well, I'm having a problem with – I've had a problem with pies since we started quarantining because I felt I felt a couple of times like I wanted pies, so I made one. But I don't have anybody to share it with anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I've had a lot of pies go to, going to waste parts of pies like I'll get like a third to maybe a halfway through and then I just got to throw it away because it's going bad so what I did last week is I made I've been making mini pies perfect I made just one recipe of double crust dough and I made four little mini crusts so then last weekend I made a lemon meringue pie mini pie 
And then a couple of days later, I made a blueberry pie. And then I have a crust that's made and ready to go to make an apple pie. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the fourth one. We'll mm. see. But <laughs> it's been working out great to do these little mini pies. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. But, um, you know, I can't just run out to the grocery store and buy, I don't know, pecans. So, again, it's just the need to be a little bit more organized and mindful because... I don't necessarily always have all the ingredients, but uh, just play in your pie and you're going to be fine. <laughs> so I have a, a couple that I think uh, I'm calling pies you should know. And I do have links. I can provide those, Bobby, Thank if you, you. want to put them of in the course. show notes. Please do. Of course. Uh, I'll start with a black bottom oatmeal pie from 4 and 20 Blackbirds Pie Shop, which is in Brooklyn, I think. But that's by way of the Smitten Kitchen website, if you know Smitten Kitchen. She's yes. just a wonderful yep. writer about um, cooking in general as well as baking. And uh, you have a regular pie crust, and there's a layer of melted like chocolate and cream on the bottom. Holy shit. Uh, and then you top it with an oatmeal layer, and it's called a poor man's pecan pie. Like if you couldn't afford pecan pie – um, or the pecans to put in the pecan pie, you put in oatmeal instead. Hmm. So it's got that um, that goopy part of the pecan pie um, mixed with oatmeal. And I've brought that to work, and I had somebody who had never baked a pie before in her life, and she was like, I have to have the recipe. That pie is so good. I, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Uh-huh. And I think she bought a – she just bought a store pie crust, and it was great. I'm going to need that recipe. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've talked about the apple pear crumble pie on the show before, which is my go-to Thanksgiving pie over the last, I don't know, five years, which is from Kraft. It's a Kraft recipe. And it's a layer of cream cheese on the bottom and then a layer of um, crushed Nilla wafers, butter, brown sugar, crumble mixture, then the layer of apples and pears, and then another layer of crumble. Oh. And it's real good. Yeah. <laughs> My stepsister actually asked for the recipe for that after a Thanksgiving and sent me pictures of the ones that she made. So that's a, another testimonial. Uh, I will recommend for people who like chocolate in their pies, Christy, not you, but mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. uh, Stella Parks, double chocolate cream pie. Stella Parks has been around the internet for a long time under the name of Brave Tart. And she's a really... I like that. Ex- she's an exceptional baker. Uh, and I have her cookbook, and it's amazing. Um, and the the chocolate cream is unlike any chocolate cream you've ever tasted. It's so good. And um, I say, please, please, please substitute a graham cracker crust for the, in the recipe. You can buy a graham cracker crust, too. Uh, then you put in the chocolate cream custard, and then you make a meringue and put it on top. And it's a s'mores pie, and it's so good. Okay. And finally, finally, from America's Test Kitchen family baking book, a raspberry nectarine pie. Hmm. And nectarines are awesome in pies because if you make a peach pie, you got to like blanch and peel the peaches. And an, I, I hate peeling peaches because they get so like slippery yep. yeah. when you're trying to do it. So nectarines don't have to be peeled. So they're great. And it's super simple. It's nectarines, raspberries like sugar lemon zest and juice and a little bit of cornstarch you just like mix it all together and throw it in the thing and it's amazing and i think i'm always going to have a little soft spot for this pie because um i made that pie to give to my parents for thanksgiving and i dropped it off at their house the evening before my dad had his stroke that sent him into the hospital 
for the final time. So my mom put the fully baked pie in the freezer and then my dad never got a chance to eat it. And he loved pie and he loved fruit pies because he thought they were healthy. (laughs) That sounds like my dad. Michael is totally somebody that thinks that. My mom was always trying to get my dad to gain weight and he sort of hated the idea of unhealthy food so much that she was not above a little like sabotage, like how parents are trying to sneak vegetables Mm -hmm. into things. My mom was trying to sneak calories into my dad's food. So she'd be like, Ann, can you make him a pie? (laughs) Love it. So, but I, I will always have a fondness for this pie and it's very good. So those are some pies to check out and you got time. You're at home. You're like, why would I make a pie? Just try it. It's pretty fun, I think. This week's episode is brought to you by insulin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that I, like my, um, why I'm like, I'm not an adventurous cook is because I'm always, I'm I'm always scared to mess up stuff. So then I'm just like, why not even, you know, I, this is the worst attitude, but like, I'm not even going to try because I'm probably going to fuck it up and I'm going to waste a whole bunch of stuff, but I just need to be a little bit more adventurous and it's not like it's going to be inedible. It might just not be the best um, thing possible. So I just need to get after it. Yeah. I know. I don't like making mistakes and I don't like not winning. Yes. I don't want to not win on a high crust, Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. I know. I know. If worst comes to worst, you could just like bake the filling and put a little crumble on the top of that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Under whiskey. Um, <laughs> I, I think pie and whiskey probably goes <laughs> together. Yeah. Uh, uh, hell that's yeah. Dinner right there. <laughs> uh, I I think, Anne, did you, I think you're the one who actually said whiskey for me while we were just planning. And I think I did. It was sort of a placeholder. And then I thought, actually, I do have opinions on whiskey. And I think that there are, I, I think that you can. Um, enjoy whiskey even if you don't think you like whiskey i think that these are some options that that can um especially for autumn and winter coming uh nice warm uh warming whiskey drinks i think you know when i think of autumn i think of dark liquor i don't drink a lot of clear liquor anyway so summer is just whiskey for me too i know bobby remember when we were in boston and i got a shot for my birthday and it was like some shitty like vodka shot and you were like i don't and i was like nope just get jameson please (laughs) yeah Shots all around. (laughs) This whole well, I don't drink clear liquor in the winter. Is like I'm like I don't understand this. This is a world of which I have no knowledge. I don't drink white after Labor Day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, there's so many different kinds of whiskey out there, and I'll just I'll preface this by saying now because distilleries are popping up the way breweries were popping up for years and years, and everywhere has a local whiskey. Um, Most of your local whiskeys are terrible. Uh, or mediocre at best. Uh, if you find a good one, that's great. And if you like it, that's fine. But I'm not going to feature any sort of um, obscure, hard-to-find local. All the whiskeys on this list are things you can find anywhere. So I am a bourbon drinker uh, generally. And Woodford Reserve is just a simple, smooth bourbon that I have liked for years and years. Uh, I also occasionally drink Maker's Mark, which is very similarly um, balanced. Um, Blanton's, which comes in a round bottle with a little cork with a horse on top, which is very cute and pretty expensive and harder to find, but it is around. Uh, but the one that I'll feature, uh, that I've started drinking more and more is actually a rye and it's bullet rye. And again, none of these are exotic or hard to find. It's just that when you see a wall of dozens and dozens of different whiskeys and you're not sure where to start, I would encourage people to either buy a bottle of Woodford Reserve or a bottle of bullet rye. 
and I'm going to tell you how to drink it. Um, I usually drink a Manhattan, which is a very standard old man classic cocktail. It's two ounces of whiskey, uh, one ounce of sweet vermouth, a little touch of bitters, which is the little bottle of, uh, of bitters, and a cherry. Uh, but I'll give you two other ways that I like my Manhattan. And if you haven't tried either of these, I'll encourage you to do it. One is the perfect Manhattan. And it is not called that because it is perfect, although objectively it is. Uh, all you do is replace half of the sweet vermouth with dry vermouth, which is the white vermouth. It's, so it makes it a little less sweet, which I prefer. And uh, often that is dressed with a, a lemon twist, a little lemon peel instead of the cherry just to kind of go with that slightly less sweet experience uh and the other one is something i'll call the nurse kate after our friend kate bergstrom this is the way she makes her manhattans and she and i often drink many of them when we are together visiting um she likes hers uh dirty and uh heavy on the sweetness so uh she puts a little cherry juice in hers and um more sweet vermouth and shakes them all up. Uh, so they're sort of opposite ends from the perfect Manhattan. But I'm just saying, if you haven't gone down the whiskey road, I would say just try the Woodford or the Bullet Rye. And uh, just try a standard Manhattan or one of these variants, the perfect Manhattan, or a little extra cherry juice in there if you like it a little sweeter. I like the idea of the Nurse Kate. Because mm. you can say, she makes all the bad things go away. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bobby, I have a question. What's yes. the difference between bourbon and whiskey, or is there a difference? So uh, bourbon is a kind of whiskey. Whiskey is sort mm. of a broad classification, and then there Got are it. different kinds of whiskey under it. Um, bourbon is, is sort of the American Eastern, you know, Kentucky-style mm-hmm. bourbon. And there, there are more, you know, official designations than that. You know, straight whiskey, blended whiskey, all that kind of things. But then there are also whiskeys like Scotch is a whiskey from oh, Scotland. Okay. Irish whiskey is whiskey. If I'm going to do a shot with uh, a birthday girl over here, uh, it's going to probably be Jameson for me, which was just the cheap-ish Irish whiskey I did a lot of drinking of in college. Um, <laughs> those are all different kinds of whiskey, but bourbon is just a kind of whiskey. And rye is a slight variant on bourbon where some of the mash is reintroduced. It's it's not worth getting into the details, but uh, it's tasty. Okay. Thanks mm. for letting me know that. I know. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, Hillary? Yes. Okay. So I was thinking a lot about this, things that I know about, things that give me comfort and, you know, really, and it's going to be a weird one this year. I just, I love, as Moira Kelly says, my favorite, or Moira, whatever, Rose says, Yeah, she says her favorite season is award season. Same. <laughs> and I do. Same, that's, same. that's so surprising. <laughs> Isn't it weird? I love it so much. And I I know. I am a smart enough person to know that it is fucking ridiculous. But I love it so much. And I, I'm a snob about it. Like, I, I used to, in my younger days, I used to watch more award shows. But I really, I narrow it down to the big four, honestly, three ones because I don't really care about the Grammys so much because it's usually Mm -hmm. this is when I feel my age because I'm like who are these people except Taylor Swift um (laughs) but um so this Sunday is the Emmys and there are a lot of really good people that are nominated I just feel like that we've been rotating out like games Game of Thrones is no I mean it's not in contention anymore so that's out and that's something just like was not of interest to me Mm -hmm. so um uh, you know it's 
I don't know. There's just a bunch, like the succession people are up. The I mean, the you know, Mrs. America people are up. There's a ton. I mean, it just it's really wide. And TV's, you know, changed so much lately with um, with all the streaming services, like the straight down the line broadcasts. It, there's not like the, really like the Modern Family thing that mm-hmm. happens anymore, where they get nominated 12 billion times, and you're like, and I liked Modern Family, but it would just be like, what? They're like they're still nominated anyway. I love uh, the Emmys, and it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens and actually speaking of which i think Shit's creek is i guarantee that it's going to win best comedy but which is is that true though because the good place they both were on their final season i know but i think that it's not i think think it's it's a dead heat between those two though for sure in my awards podcast that i listen to they're pretty like they're pretty uh bullish on on um schitt's creek just because it has like it has the um um, COVID, like people have just been binging it so much, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's been happening quite as much with the yeah, good place. For sure. Anyway, we'll see. I love it. It's going to be really weird to see. Like what I'm imagining now as like how they're going to announce the winners, and apparently they're going to have camera crews at people's houses, which they say they don't pre-tell them, but then like I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Are they all just going to, like, those camera crews are just going to leave, sadly? Like, it seems very weird. But I'm imagining, because I've seen this movie too many times, um, the Joan Crawford movie. What's it called? Why? Mommy Dearest. Yes. When she, like, doesn't go to the Oscars and they come to her house and Uh she's, like, you know, quote, unquote, sick. And then she comes out onto her front porch and the camera crews are there. That's what I'm imagining. But, um, yeah, so we'll see how it works out. And, you know, and then the Oscars are coming in. I think they're. It's going to be so weird this year. It's going to be so weird because I don't even know. Like, Tenet's supposedly not that great. Um, There's, you know, there's a movie with um, Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet um, that's supposed to be okay. And maybe Kate Winslet will win another Oscar. I don't know. Anyway, it's going to be really weird. I mean, again, the last movie I saw in the movie theater was Sonic the Hedgehog. So (laughs) maybe that'll win. I don't know. (laughs) That's an awards contender. (laughs) I mean, some people are saying, like, and this is not a movie I saw. My husband, of course, did. But with, like, Birds of Prey, which I think did okay. But they're like, you know, this is one of the last big movies that came out. I don't know. It's going to be wild to see. And I've heard, uh, obviously, I don't go to the Toronto Film Festival. But I like to listen in on, because that's usually the the big precursor to what's going to be really popular or what's going to be really popular amongst critics critics and I have I've heard a couple of things that have come out but nothing like oh this movie really killed and it was all done you know via zoom so except in Canada I guess you could go because you know they have better leadership in the world and can like you know function as a society but um anyway no bar no but yeah so i i love them and we're in you know fall is is definitely the entry into it um the golden globes nominations will come out in december i love the golden globes even though they're ridiculous and they don't Mm -hmm. matter and they don't really mean anything except celebrities get drunk and it's kind of funny to watch that um so yeah my top ones well definitely the oscars i love the oscars so much like i can't even like it's too much. I, I think I've said this before, but when I was in um, middle school and high school, I had a poster next to my bed with all of the Oscar winners, all of the Best Picture mm-hmm. Oscar winners and their little posters. And so I would sit there and memorize them. And now it ended at Unforgiven. So that tells you what year it was. 92 is the year <laughs> that it ended. So like beyond that, I'm not as good. But uh, but I started by memorizing the ever you know, the zero and the five. And then I started to fill all of them in. Now it's a lot of it's gone. Like I'll remember the big years, but a lot of that is like gone to my like 
wine rattled brain. So it's somewhere else. But um, but I, I I can wax on about it. And I love a montage, as you know, as Bobby referred to. I love a movie, an Oscars montage. It is my favorite. I like mm-hmm. it carries me away. I am easily manipulated by music and montage. Yep. Um, and actually, this past Oscars, that God, that was like one of the last good things to happen this year when um, Parasite won Best Picture and Jane Fonda's announcement of it. It was mm-hmm. fucking great. And anyway, so we're entering that season and I'm ready for it. Yeah. I feel really bad for stylists. Oh, man. Seriously. Yeah. Although I'm kind of excited. I do feel bad for them, but I'm kind of excited because in a way I think stylists like ruin the Oscars. Now you will. Uh, this is my theory about Oscar fashion. Everybody mostly looks good now, mm-hmm. you know, like they all look pretty and presentable. Nobody's taking a big chance. There's no Bjork with a swan moment going on anymore. That just like, doesn't really happen or share, you know, share when she won, Look up Cher when she won um, Best Actress in 1987. Well, it was 88, but I think it was the 87 Oscars. Um, It's wild. Like, it's wild. Nobody would do that anymore. And people just don't take chances. They all look perfect. And they all look perfect for HD. They all Mm. look perfect for Instagram or whatever. You know, paparazzi capturing you at a weird angle. They all look perfect. And it makes it so boring. Billy Porter's well, yes, the only yes, one that yes, will take yes, chances. Yes. <laughs> I love her. Um, but it, I don't see what's wrong with that dress, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> she, totally, <laughs> totally conservative. Normal. Yeah, I mean everything's covered <laughs> technically. I mean, she's the best, man. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, she has a fabulous body. So, like, get after it. But why not? Um, I know, seriously. But uh, anyway, so I, yeah, I do feel bad for them because you know it's a livelihood, and it's definitely like a. Um, uh, an LA and New York uh, profession to have and makeup artists and all that jazz. But I know it's, it's, I'm sure they're all kind of swirling. I forget if I've mentioned this. Uh, I have a, an acquaintance who's a, a Broadway dresser oh, wow. and she just got out of being in a quarantine bubble so that she can go back to work on the new show about princess die. That's gonna, oh. I think it, I think it's going to be simulcast. Or, so or, or streamed that. on Netflix, rather, or something. And so, like, they're trying to figure out a way to make it work. But, yeah, she had to go live in a hotel room or something and get COVID tests. And yeah, also that she can be on the dressing staff for this I show. Think we'll know tomorrow, which is yes. Emmy's, what Sunday. is happening. Are they going to have dresses? Are they going to have hair and makeup? Or is it just going to be at home with their sweatpants? I kind of hope for that because I think yeah. it would be God, fun I to see. I would love it. I would love it. Well, yeah. Instead of looking at everybody's outfits, we're looking at everybody's houses. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's on your... Oh, I mean, there. instead of like a stylist, there's going to be like a book stylist or like, you totally. know, more interior. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's like, how can we make you look carefree, but like we're super smart mm-hmm. and like you care mm-hmm. about... Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, like past awards casually displayed. Oh, these things? Oh, this? This whole thing? All right. I guess that kind of goes into mine where um, TV shows, which seems like, you know, basic bitch. All TV shows? (laughs) Not all of them. (laughs) I guess they, what do they call it? Prestige television? Um, Yes, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, just, I just love it. And I keep notes in i have a i have a note in my phone that's everything i've watched everything i people recommend i've talked about this before in my um what was it razzle dazzle or something Mm -hmm. Um, everything you've watched like do you forget 
Um, sometimes, or if someone's, because sometimes the names don't match with what I remember or whatever. Oh, sure. Um, and then, um, I can, I, I do it because I like to recommend shows. So I'll say, okay, well, what name a show that you liked? And then I can go and I just like categorize, okay, well then you would like this, this, and this. No, that's um, good. So I love recommending, recommending things. I have a Slack channel in my work that's um just for this where we talk about tv shows that we like oh the, and and also i'm kind of snobby about it where if you've recommended something that's terrible or i know that you have terrible taste i will not put it on my list i'll pretend i do but i do not um you're keeping two sets of books yeah or i your... put it i put it i like literally put an asterisk and then if someone i trust also recommends it i'm like okay i can do it uh, that's perfect it yeah. is so good because it's like Okay, so I, I mean, I don't like. Trust oh, it. you know what's really good? Man of the House. Yeah, I'm like, no, nope, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, so I actually am crazy about award shows, just like Hillary. But I mean, not to her extent of watching the acceptance no, speeches yeah, all the time. I'm there. <laughs> um, but the Emmys have almost gone past the Oscars because an Oscar, it's a one-time thing, right? That movie gets one shot. Yep. And Emmys, like, they constantly have years to, like, try harder, which sometimes sucks when Marvelous Mrs. Maisel um, wins every single... I used to love it. And then... Me too. Like, I, lo- I love the first season. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, God, yeah. come on. I'm I've done. never watched it, but I feel Don't. like I have seen a season's worth yep. of commercials for it. Yes. Uh, and yes. also, if you've watched any emmys in the last like three or four years you've seen enough montage to know it's not okay um speaking of jews i mean like i don't know why it like annoyed me that she's not jewish like i'm like the whole point is that she's supposed to be jewish and she like has the cadence that's almost like a little bit like are we like is this this anti-semitic i know yes um my jewish co-worker's like nope i'm done like i can't i can't even with this so i I just wanted to talk a little bit about because the Emmy Awards and TV shows used to just be like it was Seinfeld and yeah. Frasier and uh, Good show. what else? Uh, Raymond. Yeah. Those won everything. And they're fine for the time. Laugh tracks. Trash. Yeah. But then around the time, I would say, wouldn't you say it's like The Sopranos is when we got yeah. the start of the antihero, which I love shows with the anti-hero where you like side with the bad guy um and oh, i just so interesting <laughs> there's a, like no I, no <laughs> um, this is a lawful good household here <laughs> these are a few of my favorite anti-heroes um jacks teller from sons of anarchy tony soprano obviously dexter except the last season of dexter ruined the entire series for me so um if you want advice, if you want to watch Dexter and you want advice, I will tell you what to do and when to stop. And then you can enjoy it as a good show. Wasn't John Lithgow also really good on that? Yes. And that's the season. The yes. season finale of the season with him on it. If you stop that, it's one of the best shows. But okay. it dropped off my top 20 list of all times. Um, Don Draper, Walter White, Omar Little from um, The Wire. Basically, everyone on The Wire is pretty anti Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then most recently, was, Marty Bird from Ozarks. I was just talking to Matt about this last night. Happy birthday, Maddie. Um, uh, about my discomfort with um, moral ambiguity or the 
the anti-hero mm-hmm. concept and i was remembering he used to play a video game that was a like a star wars video game that he said was like a jedi academy something and there's a point in that video game where you as a jedi student you can make a choice whether you want to go to the dark side and then that changes the rest of the game and you know why wouldn't you want to mm. like experiment and be like, hey, hey I'm just going to pretend to be evil, just playing yeah. a computer game. And I was so upset. I was like, no, no, <laughs> I need you to go back <laughs> and make the other choice. Because I don't like this. <laughs> Even in a fake thing, I don't, don't like <laughs> that kind of anti-hero. I'm good. Um, and right now I have my top three shows of all times. Um, are Schitt's Creek, The Good Place, and Friday Night Lights. And I'm really Mm. upset that they're all going, that two of them are going up against each other in like every category (laughs) because it's like choosing your favorite child. Like, I I don't really know. We just finished the last season of Schitt's Creek. I cried during every single episode. I haven't watched it yet because I'm, it's, I I don't have pop or whatever and I'm oh waiting no, for it on Netflix. Amazon. Oh, so oh, really? So for all of you who want to watch it for free, it comes to Netflix in October. Right now you can pay twenty four ninety nine for the entire season and watch it now, which we had to do. It It's the best final season, I think, of any show I've ever seen because they knew. They wrote it from the beginning like this is we're only going this many seasons this is how it, all the characters are going to end up. So it tied up nicely. We watched this with Elliot because I had already seen all of the seasons except the last. But I was like, oh, this is a fun show to watch. And she rage quit the last season because she's like, no, no, that this can't happen. Why can't they just all live happily ever after together forever? <laughs> and um, because of that, she just quit. She's like, I'm done. Maybe you can tell me what happens, but I, I'm done. So, hmm. Yeah. I was a blubbery mess last night watching <laughs> But good crying. I still haven't watched it. It's Ugh. still the Chris Elliott of it. I, know. I, know. I just can't. It's I just can't. And he's the him. character. So what's funny is I also like Jer- Jeremy is like repulsed because he's always eating and so his loud eating is like constant. He's like, Why is he doing that? Um but then at the the very last episode, actually, it's not an episode at all. It's a, the making of the last season. And he's just so nice and sweet. And he's not like any of the characters that he ever plays. Yeah. But uh, yes, that character is, it's, he's supposed Repulsive. to be that way, but yeah. yeah. I relate. Well, yeah. He's, he's doing a thing. Yeah. It's, it's on purpose, but it doesn't work for me. Oh, You're but like, the not rest for of me. the show is so worth it. You know. There's a couple funny. times that I've really, really cried. And I relate oh. way too much to Alexis. Oh, like, my God. Like, yes, way too you much. Are the way she uses her hands, it, like, it, it just it, it makes me laugh every single time. I'm, I, can't, I like, want to do a video of myself trying to do it because it makes me laugh. Did you hear her on Keep It, the podcast? Yes. Keep it, oh, when, she was great. Yep, she was yeah. like, I... I just pretend I was a, a T-Rex on an old ty- timey typewriter. And I'm like, That's, I can't unsee that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't she say she looked at pictures of, of like Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Or, yeah and, and when they would come out of a store with like a shopping bag yeah, hung in their the arm. handbags. And she's like, and I just do yep. that all the time. <laughs> totally. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So that's me. TV shows. If you want some suggestions. Yeah. I have to your go to. 
She's our guru. I mean, yeah. right. unless you like two and a half men, then I have nothing for you. Like, if that's your. <laughs> Wait, really quickly. Not I... even the Ashton Cook. None of it. <laughs> really quickly, I just have to talk about a fight that Dave and I had, just as brief. We were talking about how much we used to watch TV. I mean, like broadcast TV, mm-hmm. like but pre. I mean, maybe we had TiVo, but it was like we would watch TV live when it was on, mm-hmm. you know, as God intended with commercials. Must and see I was... TV. Oh, yeah. But we watched so much. Like, the fall TV schedule was so exciting to Mm -hmm. us. Like, what new shows are going to stick? There was a show that was terrible that was with Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Um, The girl from Mean Girls, what's her name? Um, I actually liked this show. Lacey Chabert? I really liked this show that you're going to talk about. (laughs) Well, okay, but I liked it, too. No, the bully. Um, Jack Ritter's son? Yes. What is his name? Yes, but John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John Ritter, yeah. No, um, and then the girl. What is her name? She dated Matthew Perry for a long time, and she was in the the um uh, the sex show on Showtime. Oh my gosh, it's gonna kill me. Anyway, whatever. They were all in the CBS sitcom where it was like third grade or like an old third grade class mm-hmm. that like kind of got back together, like kind of for a reunion. <laughs> I love and Dave it. and I watched the shit out of it, but it was hilarious because it was before Jesse Tyler Ferguson maybe was like out, mm-hmm. I guess. And we were like, is he supposed to be straight? Yeah, he like, does what? not seem straight no. <laughs> at all. And then, of course, like a year later, Modern Family started. And we we're like, oh, okay. All right. So this was just a weird miscasting. But yeah, loved that show. But the fight that we actually had was I was talking about how we watched The Big Bang Theory in the very beginning. And he was like, we did not. And I said, oh, contrary, we watched that. And we thought it was funny at the time. We were like, this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then at some point we were like, oh, wait, this is extremely stupid and yep. sexist and gross. And, and I'm wondering, if, did it me. switch or did we switch? Because I had this a similar thing with that. I don't know. I think we switched. We switched. We switched. Okay. He like mm-hmm. yelled at me. He was like, we did not watch that. And I said, we watched it. I did not watch it by myself. We watched it on the mm-hmm. couch in our stupid living room in our first apartment in Austin. We watched it together and he did not believe me. And I'm still like pissed about it. I wish I often wish I had cameras to like prove <laughs> things that like we did because mm-hmm. my memory is good and his is terrible. Hillary is going to start wearing body cams. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm right. That that show was was pitched at us and i mean people with our sensibilities because i think we Mm -hmm. have generally similar sensibilities yeah yeah. but it wasn't actually written for us and i've gone on that tear before on this show so i won't do it again but yes yeah you know uh my mother-in-law loves big bang theory oh but that's who it's made for exactly yeah my mom too loved two and a half men and i'd be like oh my god like this is repulsive why does she like um okay by the way lizzie kaplan that's it yes. oh okay I come up with it. I'm sorry. do we know what the name oh what was it called the oh, wait, show hold on i'm gonna find it me too oh. um let's see it's a race i know the I class the class uh, <laughs> uh, apologies by the way to anyone who hears me click clapping on my keyboard in the background sometimes because it's things like that where i have no idea what you're talking about so i yeah. have to go look it up yeah <laughs> I need to rewatch this. I'm going to look and see how. Oh, also, I recommend an app called Just Watch, all one word, because you can put anything in it and it tells you which streaming service it's on. Oh, that's Ooh. good. It's a really good one. Good. And it will tell you if it's a free version or you have to pay for it or that's your really SOL because it's nowhere. But um, I often yeah. just Google where to stream and then yeah. whatever. But I'm sometimes for, that's but wrong. That yeah. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend this. Cool. Uh, we have a whole second round of these. <laughs> I mean, so I, I have three categories in our mind, but one of them is a very quick one. Um, 
So do we want to do we want to go through the line again here? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I am going to start my timer. <laughs> I really am. I can't. This. I, I, I got to I gotta not do this. I got to do this in less than 10 minutes. I made so many notes. Uh, I spent an hour and a half last night <laughs> making notes on this. I'm going to talk about some modern detective novels. Yes. I said modern because we're not talking Agatha Christie yeah. or, you know, Dashiell Hammett or, or all those greats. Like, you guys, if you don't, you know, know about them, then there's nothing <laughs> yeah. I can do yeah. for you. But I thought that I would uh, talk a little bit about a few modern detective novel series that I like. And, I mean, to start, the reason that I enjoy the mystery genre and the detective genre um, in particular, I think we talked about this briefly, about the difference between the idea of a cozy mystery and then something that's more noir and the cozy mystery, the world is all ordered, and then, you know, somebody, like, is found dead in the hold of a boat or something, and Jessica Fletcher just happens <laughs> exactly. to be on the scene, <laughs> and she reorders the world, and everybody's happy. It's just like a little blip of bad that uh, trespasses into a good world, and for noir, it's more like the world is a shithole, yes. and here's one man who's just trying one case at a time to stem the tide sort of yep. deal. Yep. And uh, I would say that I'm definitely more drawn uh, towards the noir. And I'm not sure why. I know. I was just going to say, you don't more. like anti-heroes, but you like <laughs> world is shit. <laughs> well, I also, I don't like dabblers. I think yes. Jessica Flesher should stick to being a writer <laughs> mm-hmm. and stop fucking around and Miss Fisher or whoever she is on that British show just stick to being a socialite and leave it to the professionals the people who are good yeah, at like this. is she so, ruining crime scenes like if we really rewatch those shows th- this is my competence porn yep yes Hillary yes, yes. this is I yes. want people to be good at this I yeah. want people to be trained at it yeah I want them to know what they're doing so that's why I I really like the detective novels um i'll start with i had five and then i came to the realization that i'm just i i gotta cut it down or we'll be here for three hours and then i added two more so we'll see how this goes uh i'm gonna start with the inspector rebus series by ian rankin the main character john rebus who's a detective inspector in edinburgh scotland and i laughed when i read on the wikipedia page that it's sometimes categorized categorized as tartan noir uh, so it, it really it shows like a darker side of, of Scotland than the way that we Americans would you know see it in castles and Outlander and yes. all that stuff the kind of the grit and this uh, sort of inner city of a place like Edinburgh um, they're extremely well plotted I mean he really has a head for um, spinning all those threads out uh, so if you really need your um, mysteries to make sense at the end, that's uh, this is an excellent choice. Uh, Inspector Rebus is one of those people who's not good at internal police politics. I don't think any of them really are. It seems like somebody who gets along with their co-workers is less interesting as a protagonist. But he's one of those people that just is more interested in making things happen. So he kind of bends the rules and ignores his bosses and stuff. Um, one, uh, uh, piece of information I think is important to include is whether you need to read the series in order. And I will say that this is not required. You can just pick up 
any of the novels, but there's kind of links between the books. Mm. So uh, you won't miss anything if you don't read them in order, but it can be fun to kind of follow along. There are 24 titles in the series. The latest was published just this year. And the first book from 1987 was called Knots and Crosses, if people want to start there. I read these in high school and I remember just being desperate to go back and be like, what's the next one? What's the next one? What's the next one? So that's the Inspector Reba series. Um, I will move on to probably what's my favorite series, the Elvis Cole and Joe Pike series by Robert Crace. Uh, Robert Crace started as a TV writer. He wrote for Hill Street Blues and Cagney and Lacey and Quincy, Miami Vice, L.A. Law. So all those like 80s power shows. And he has really an excellent ear for like dialogue. The way people talk to each other sounds like real pieces. He's great at character building and set pieces. Um, this is a modern L.A. noir. The idea that people will always let you down. Um, that's like a central theme of Veronica Mars, actually. Yeah. Which is probably why I like Veronica yeah. Mars so much. Is that yeah. people will always disappoint you. Um, and the two protagonists, Joe and Elvis, are just doing their best to help like one client at a time and they're a really appealing um team to get with you know i always like it better if i like the characters so elvis is the vietnam vet and a private investigator and joe is also a vietnam vet and a former labpd officer who really like left in a cloud of bad feelings like the lapd hates him on sight and you eventually find out what's behind all of that and um uh, Elvis is very like a, your classic wisecracking smartass guy. You've seen a million guys like him on TV, but Robert Grace was kind of the guy that started a lot of that. Loud shirts, classic convertible, <laughs> l- lots of jokes, but it's all to disguise his competence and his compassion. Um, and um, they're always a really great advocate for their client. It's a pretty bleak world. Even though it's, I think a lot of the reasons that L.A. Noir works is because it contrasts like the bright sunniness of L.A. with the darkness of the story. Um, but they're unintimidated by power, whether it's like the power of organized crime or the Hollywood elite. And they're very unfazed by violence. I would recommend reading this in order. I did not, but... I would if I could. There are 18 of them. The last one was published in 2019. He's got to stop soon because I think it's hard having a a Vietnam vet as your hero when they're all into their late 70s by now. Mm. He's kind of fudging the timelines on this. But the first book is called The Monkey's Raincoat from 1987. It won uh, an Anthony Award for a Best Paperback Original, a McCavity Award for Best First Novel. It was nominated for an Edgar Award and a Seamus Award. So it's excellent. Um, I think I own almost all the books, so I would go that. I'd like to highlight a couple of ladies. Yeah. Um, mm. we'll, we'll go back to uh, England with the Maeve Kerrigan series. And it took me a long time to pick these up because I'm really particular about character names. And I did not like Maeve mm-hmm. Kerrigan. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, by Jane Casey, and she, and Maeve is a young detective constable in London. She's hardworking, she's ambitious, she's talented, and extremely resentful that the colleagues on her elite team all think that she slept her way in. 
Um, there's a lot of sexism uh, and outright misogynism directed at her, and she has to prove herself over and over. So she has a kind of a chip on her shoulder, but she has a real empathy that makes her um, a very fierce advocate for the victims. But it's hard because empathy is seen as a female quality. Yeah. So she's trying to balance how she shows empathy and also stays tough or whatever. Um, it's a great series. It takes off uh, in the second book with the uh, arrival of her sort of boss slash partner who is a colossal jackass. But um, she works with him because their skills really complement each other. And she's basically the only one who can stand him. And the books really add the evolution of her personal life and all the doubts and insecurities that grip her. And so it's a really well-rounded, fleshed-out character. And um, this is another one that I would recommend reading in order because of the evolution of her life. There are nine titles. There are a few like additional short stories. The latest one was published in April this year. And I haven't finished it yet because I started reading it. And I got so scared at the direction that it was going. Like, I, wow. I was like, no, I don't know. I don't want this to happen. This is a bad thing. So I, I'm i like 25% of the way in, and I haven't been able to bring myself to finish it. But the first book is called The Burning, and it's from 2010. Cool. Oh, shit. I'm at nine minutes. <laughs> come on. All right. Come on. All right. Here we go. You can do it. Uh, let's the, – the last one on my main list, the Dublin Murder Squad by Ooh. Tana French. I want to get uh, into those. That's, like, been my goal. I want to get into yep. Tana French. I feel like I would like it. You get an extra 10 These... seconds because Hillary just took them from you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. These you usually find classified in, as literary in the bookshelf. Like, they're never shelved in the mystery, mystery. genre section because they do have a more literary gloss. They use, like, the detective novel structure to ask larger questions she's really interested in like memories and how they they differ from reality especially like childhood memories into adult memories and sort of the dissolution of childhood innocence so it's very much a literary novel uh, sort of written using the detective novel as the as the vehicle it's really i think kind of fun because i called it a main character chain like, you'll have a main character, and then the main character of the next book was a peripheral character in the previous one. So, like, in the first book, there's a detective, and you meet his partner, and she's the main character in the second book. And you meet her mentor, and he's the main character in the third book. So, they are perfectly good as standalones. You don't need to read them in order. Um, and really, there's no value to reading them in order, unless you want to, like, guess who the main character in the next next book is going to be as you're going along um these rarely have tidy endings so if you can't tolerate some ambiguity and some messiness you're going to be disappointed and that's the hardest thing for me because i really want the bad guy to get caught and everything to get wrapped up and in these books you may never know the truth or the truth may be sad and distressing but um, they're really beautifully written books. There are uh, six of them, and the last one was published in 2016. The first book is called In the Woods from 2007. But um, I would recommend starting with the third book, which is called Faithful Place, which I think is almost perfect. Ooh. There's also a TV series called The Dublin Murders yeah. that I think was on like BBC One, or it's on Stars here. That's a combination of the first two books. So. I can't see it until it comes to some streaming 
something, but I'll be interested to see that. So that that's really a, a wonderful series. I was feeling bad because I'm trying to be more inclusive and these are all like white people. Yeah. Uh, so I want to do two quick honorable mentions. Of course, Walter Mosley's Easy Rollins series. Yeah about an African-American private investigator in L.A. in the 40s through 60s. And it uses all those conventions of detective fiction, along with examining like racial inequality and social injustice and stuff. And the first book, Devil in a Blue Dress, was from 1990. I thought these books were way older because yeah. I, I was reading them in high school. They must have just been published. Um Denzel yep, I know. in the 1995 movie adaptation of Devil in a Blue Dress. Yep. Yep. People should see it. Yep. And then also I would, not the granddaddy of black uh, detective noir, but definitely one of the earlier people, the Harlem Detective Series by Chester Himes. I took a class in college that I thought was going to be an African-American literature survey class, but it turned out to be about this person, Chester Himes, who was writing in the 50s and 60s. And his detective, the Harlem Detective Series is the blackest of noir in both ways i mean this world is awful and his two protagonists these two policemen black policemen and their names are coffin ed johnson and grave digger jones <laughs> I love it. it's a really funny vivid world but he hated religion he hated politics he hated God, what else? Money. He was just really down on society. And so you see these two detectives sort of become corrupted throughout the series. Um, there are eight titles. Probably the most famous is called A Rage in Harlem from 1957, which won the Grand Prix de Literature. Uh, boy, I can't speak French. Grand Prix de Literature Policière in France. Um and there has been a movie, I think Gregory Hines was in that movie, maybe, but it's just a, a horrifying world uh, where the people are bad and the good people uh, get swallowed up by it. And it doesn't sound very inviting, but it's real important in real interesting literature. And um, I just wanted to read a quote from him. Uh, that I found, he says, up to the age of 31, I had been hurt emotionally, spiritually, and physically as much as 31 years can bear. I'd lived in the South. I had fallen down an elevator shaft. I had been kicked out of college. I had served seven and a half years in prison. I had survived the humiliating last five years of depression in Cleveland. And still, I was entire, complete, functional. My mind was sharp. My reflexes were good and I was not bitter, but under the mental corrosion of race prejudice in Los Angeles, I became bitter and saturated with hate. Wow. So that's kind of the place <laughs> where these uh, novels come from. I have seen with my own two eyes the elevator shaft that he fell, fell down yeah. since I went to college in Cleveland and he worked at a, I think it was a hotel then. I think it's like a fancy retirement home now. But back when he worked there, he actually did fall down the elevator shaft and knocked oh out gosh. all his front teeth. Oh, and nightmare. we went on a field trip <laughs> for my class. And, <laughs> and we, here we are. We, we went, here's the elevator. <laughs> he fell down. Um, so really an interesting figure, less well-known in literature, in American literature, the whitewashing of American literature. So um, I recommend 
them. They're really great novels. And that was almost 16 minutes. I'm really sorry. Well, guys. I interrupted the flow. So. I have one question. Do you yeah. prefer, do you ever listen to the audiobooks or do you always read them? I never have. Not that I object to it, but I really enjoy reading. Okay. The one that I had uh, gotten into last year, which I've fallen off, but I did enjoy it, were the Maisie Dobbs um, series. It's weird because they're kind of coded as cozy mystery, but honestly, it's like about World War One, like, like shock. That's sort of the like framework for it all, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. them. Um, and actually, I like the the author Jacqueline Winspear. I think is her name. I have heard her interviewed, and I thought what was cool is she was like, I don't know, she she did something in business or something before, you know, for 30 years, she did whatever, some office job and then decided she wanted to start writing. And I just thought that was really cool that she was like, you know what? I'm going to change it up. Yeah. And now she (laughs) writes like a book a year and um, they're pretty, they're to say they're fun. They're actually like way darker than I thought it would be. But, um, but I enjoyed reading this. I love a mystery. I want my novels to introduce sort of bigger concepts. Yes. Yeah. Where, so that I can have the satisfaction of thinking about uh, larger things while still getting the satisfaction of solving the mystery. Yeah, so, for sure. And, and there's nothing wrong with your airport novel, no. your um, Stephanie Plum novels. I, know I mean, a lot of people that read a lot of those Stephanie Plum novels. Back your- in the day, uh, and my mom worked with her a lot, I loved a Mary Higgins Clark. Are you kidding me? Those are like my mm-hmm. favorite. You could swallow it in a day. And you're like, all right, that was satisfying. Those are all fun, but they never give me anything to think about no, afterwards. No, 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 no. You're just trying to solve it the whole time. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is such a high-minded conversation, and I'm over here thinking about how I'm <laughs> going to talk about shit you can buy for your office. <laughs> Do it. Do These it. private detectives, they have offices. <laughs> yes. There we go. They need to furnish them. Great transition. <laughs> uh, this one I can keep short and sweet. It certainly won't take as nearly as long. And and not that that's oh. a bad thing, but I mean, this is pretty simple. It's basically a shopping list. Um, Thanks for gifting me some of your time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm happy to yield it. Um, this is, uh, I know most people are not working in an office setting right now. Um, one of the funny things about all of this and the move for us is that I actually am working out of my office every day now, just as an excuse to get out of the apartment. So... These are some of these things I had before, and some of these things I've added are just like the little things that make the work environment more comfortable. And I've always been really big on that. Like, if you can make a small investment into making somewhere you're going to be all day, every day, suck a little less, that's worth investing in. Um, the first are the pens that I have been using for years. I'm using one right now to take notes as we record the show, and that is the Uniball Vision Elite Blue Black. Um, this has got a thicker pen line. It's a rollerball pen. It's a 0.8 millimeter, which is a rarer size. The blue black I really like because it's darker than blue ink, but it still is not black so that if you're signing something, you can see that it's clearly a fresh wet I, signature. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Blue black. Yeah. Uh, they they talk about it like it's really fancy, like it's black ink that's been impregnated with blue pigment somehow, <laughs> but really it's just dark blue. I don't know. Um these pens um, also advertise that they won't leak in flight, which is the silliest thing. But I guess, you know, with me, all those years I was flying back and forth, <laughs> it was nice knowing that I could put them through the pressure of pressure changes over and over again, and they're not going to explode. Um, and so for the kind of pen, you won't be entirely mad if you lose because they're only a few bucks each. Um, I just and, and also being left handed, and I find that they just smear a lot less and dry quickly, even though the lines are really thick. So 
Uniball Vision Elite Blue Black Pen, which I will use a a sponsored Amazon link for if anybody wants mm-hmm. in the show notes. Um, the next thing I have is I recently bought a memory foam footrest because when I sit at this desk in this particular office at my chair, I kept looking for something to put my feet on. And for years, I would always just like find whatever box was laying around that was about the right height and throw it under my desk. But this one, I take my shoes off. I wear flip flops around the office all day and um, it's just a little bit squishy. And I don't know, I can sort of find the perfect height to sit up and have good posture with my feet on it. And so that was cheap and made me happy. And I never thought to get something like that before. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. You're like, why did I not think of this 10 years ago? Yeah, like all, Exactly. All those years I went trying to not be quite comfortable. And then I figured it out. And it was like a $20 memory foam footrest. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a keyboard on my list next. And it's funny because I think Christy or Anne, one of you posted... It's Anne's category. Christy posted the link, but there's a another keyboard on the Shameless Amazon plugs coming up. Um, I recently bought a Logitech MX keyboard. It's Bluetooth enabled, and it illuminates as your fingers approach the keyboard. Fancy. Um, and you can sync it to multiple devices, and it has buttons on it for each device. So I have it synced to my MacBook laptop and my work PC and my phone. And so no matter what screen I'm working on, I can type on it. And the action on it is really nice. Like, it's the dumbest thing. But when you're typing a lot all day, and I've been doing some side work right now where I am doing a lot of typing, um, just having that bounce back feel really good. And also the keyboard on this generation of MacBook. I have the shitty MacBook keyboard. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. But there's a, there's a generation of MacBook Pros that just got a really crappy keyboard. And so it's just so nice to type on something that bounces back and gives the right level of resistance on the keys. And so it's kind of an expensive keyboard, but I was so glad that I bought it. And being able to switch around on my very cramped desk between screens using it has been great. Uh, And then the last thing I have is uh, this is only if you're in a real office environment. Um, We have the overhead lights, you know, the drop ceiling, very standard office lights. And they recently replaced the light bulbs in this suite with LED overhead lights. The only problem with that is I used to loosen the bulbs on like most of the bulbs in the fixture in my office so that just one of them would be on and you can't do that with the LEDs. (laughs) But I bought bought a pack of these things called Shade Magic fluorescent light covers and they are shades with magnets in them so you can just stick them to the ceiling uh, drop tile metal. And it just covers up the light and shades it and it's it's fire you know flame retardant or something it's not going to catch on fire up there but it just shields the light so that it's not so terrible Ugh. we used to fight at my office like you have to switch the lights on in the morning because some of them aren't i don't know they're turned off they're not motion since and i would come in and get the well this is not going to happen anymore because we were like plug and play like you would just go to whatever desk was open and i would like to get the one by the window and not turn the lights on because nobody was there Right. And Troy, my boss, kind of, would come in and just flip all the lights on. He's like, how can you work like this? And I'm like, ah, it's so too much fluorescent light or whatever it is. And we're right Mm -hmm. now next to a big window. It's this is fine. It's like soothing for me. Yep. That person who comes in sort of late ish when everybody else is already working and just casually flips on the light. I'm like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) We are here happily coexisting Mm. you just don't you think that if we wanted it we would have turned the lights on earlier Uh, i also have a series of lamps that i use in my office because i'm always balancing out the light for various things but 
Yeah, just the being able to block out, you know, yeah. 40% of that terrible light or whatever. Because yeah. um, I get bad headaches in the fluorescent light. I'm very opposed to overhead lighting as it is. Like, I just don't like it. I think yeah. everything looks uglier with over. I'm, I prefer a series of lamps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a bonus um, category that I'll just plug very fast, which is extra large face masks. If you have... And they're sort of masculine looking, <laughs> these particular ones. But if you have... Um, you have an extra large face. If you have a fat face like I do, <laughs> and most of the over-the-ear masks that you're wearing because we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic uh, pull on your ears and are very uncomfortable, I suggest going to Tybar, the menswear site that I think I've mentioned before. A few of their masks come in an XL size, and they are great. And they come in like five packs for 30 bucks, and they've got the pocket for the filter if you want to shove a filter in there. And um, I am encountering a lot of people who are wearing their masks like over and over and over again for weeks at a time. Uh, no, I, I wear yeah. mine for the day and then it goes in the laundry like any other clothing underwear type item. So uh, your mouth germs. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to just your mouth discharge. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That was really gross. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, Tybar XL uh, has XL size face masks that are great. Okay, well, so one, um, this, uh, okay, one was put on here for me that I did not, if we're going to go in the spirit of um, the Cosmo, like, get ready for fall. (laughs) Yeah, somebody put sex positions. I will not be addressing that in this forum, but I thought it was funny to um, to, uh, uh, mention it. But yes, no, that will be kept private. Well, it's just, um, it's just regular and then special occasions, isn't it? Yes, yes. Hotel sex versus... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, anyway, sorry, Dad. Um, so I... This is not something I like specialize in or can wax on, but it's something that I really want to get into this fall. Now, I live in Austin. It's not... You know, it gets a little chilly in the winter, but it's, you know, pretty much stays above 50 to 60 most of the winter. But I love soups. I really do. And Bridget also has, like, I used to not serve my kids anything. Like, I didn't even like serving them cereal because I didn't trust them with, like, the liquid content. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're just going to make a mess until you're mature enough to deal with this. And you can have toast or whatever for breakfast. But um, Bridget's been really into soups lately. And so I feel like I'm. this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be getting into soups. I love smelling soup. There's this, this is not really a soup, but there's this like stew that I really like that Dave is, he will eat it because I make it and he's, God love him. He's lazy and he's not going to make it anything himself. Mm-hmm. So he'll eat it. But it's very much like my um, palate. It's like you, you pre-make, um, you know, hot sausage and like cannellini beans and I put like kale in it, but you can put whatever green and then like chicken broth and spices and stuff. And it's so good. And I love it. I like, I could eat it every single day. Bridget loves spicy food. So I'm like, let's get into it. Rory will cry if he eats it. Cause he's a baby about spicy food. <laughs> anyway. So I kind of, this is like a shout out. To I mean, our- he's also a baby. <laughs> a baby. Yeah, I know. Well, a it's baby. funny because Bridget and I are like, yes, like give it. There's this um, a place in Austin called Taco Deli, and they the tacos are good, but they have this really good salsa called Doña Salsa, and it's like a green, probably avocado based one or jalapeno avocado based one, and it's so good and it's really spicy. And Bridget and I will pour it over things, and we're always like, Ugh. I mean, whatever. I'm I'm so mean. I'm making fun of my five year old for not being able to tolerate it. It's more that Bridget has. And for 
like when I was eight years old, I could barely tolerate spicy food and she just like eats it up. So anyway, I'm going to get into soups. So if you, you know, this is a shout out to our listeners. If you have soups that you really like to make, give them to me. I mean, I have cookbooks. I can look, I know, but if there's anything that you recommend, kind of like Christie's television show, like, is there somebody out there that is a soup recommender? Um, Cause I'm going to start getting into it. I, like on Sunday, something that like, you know, can make for the day that just like delights me to no end. So that's what I'm getting into this fall. I like Let's it. get that just soup app. <laughs> yeah, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, Christy, take okay. us home. Um, mine is board games, which I'm very sad that I can't play right now because you know, you can't have more than, whatever your family um can't you play them by yourself (laughs) yeah um so I just did a quick list of the types of games that I like there's so many categories I thought there would be like 10 and I and I started doing research last night and I'm like oh yeah I can't talk about all of these and especially because I haven't played a bunch of them so I'm just gonna quickly list off all of my favorite type of games with a couple examples um Party games, which is like Cards Against Humanity, uh, Pictionary. Um, deduction games, which is Citadels, The Resistance, and Code Names. Um, mm. Which code names you can play online, and my um, team at work has started to do that on Tuesdays, I believe. Um, drafting, card drafting, which is Sushi Go, Seven Wonders, and Ticket to Ride. Strategy, which is uh, my favorite, is Suro and um, Patchwork and Go. Cooperative, which is um, an interesting type of game, which um, Pandemic and um, terrible name, um, Forbidden <laughs> Island, um, Desert, <laughs> a funny one, Space Alert. Um, and also a really, really weird one that is also cooperative is this kind of campaign slash legacy, which is a one-time play. So you play as a group and you basically destroy the game as you go along. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And then my favorite, favorite, favorite is secret identity or social deduction where you basically just lie to people. Um, and I don't know, I'm terrible at lying, but I love being able to tell when other people are lying. And so (laughs) we've been playing, I I've talked about it before the secret Hitler game at work, the same people pretty much for four years I know all of their tells I know exactly (laughs) what to do we have long-standing grudges even though the game resets every every time I um, have the same like hate towards people not in real life but like (laughs) towards the people I play with like oh I know you're shady and I know what you're about to do so um, those are my favorite type of board games Um, And I thought you would think the cooperative one is not for you. And this is why. Because you play as a team. So you're playing against the game. So there's either you win or you lose, but as a team. And I think that you would be a little too competitive. I know I am. But how do you crush your opponents? (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) I am pretty competitive as well, especially with board games. But I just become the boss slash leader. I'm like you do this and you do that and then I'll do that and then and don't fuck it up like I just become like this overlord of the game but it's so it's so fun like especially with the forbidden island you're basically racing the island is sinking 
And if you don't do it, do everything right, you lose. Oh, that makes me have a panic attack. <laughs> it's it's <pretty laughs> panic inducing. Um, but um, yeah, so those are my favorite board games and my happy place that I can't really do. But I do recommend a site once we can get back up and and playing and having hangouts. I mean, there are people that are doing that, but they're rule breakers and I don't like them. Um, is a site called Board Game Geek, and you can you can advance search by anything. You can um, do minimum age if you want to do kids. Um, what I like to do is the amount of players. And they do amount of players maximum, minimum to maximum, or they also do amount of players that the game is fun. So like Secret Hitler, you can play, I think, with five people. It's the worst game. It's so boring. But if you have 10 people, it's like actually eight to nine is the sweet spot. So uh, all games have that, right? Where like the best is this, but you can play that. Um, So this is a really good site if you want to play board games cool i want to play board games next time i come to <gasps> seattle yes please. sounds so fun to play with you christy please yes i will i will um curate some games oh that's all right so but but remember my com- competitiveness mm-hmm. and my personality <laughs> so that's what you'll I, see a different Anne. <laughs> that's what i've had to learn it that i have to suppress that in some <laughs> in some environments like my work yes. we are ruthless we just go after it and I love that like it it's brutal and I love it um I think and when you came to visit my work it was a board game day I think they were all playing in oh. that <laughs> when I gave you the spoiled um diet coke. <laughs> diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh sorry and then there's some people were you go to a game night and you're like, yes, I am ready for this. And then they pull out like Monopoly or sorry. Or like, and you're like, okay, uh, so this is the speed we're doing. Or um, I've played with my in-laws, Jessica. Hi, I love you. But she kept letting her husband win. Like she would like, <laughs> I'm going to set him up. This was on Ticket to Ride. I'm going to set him up so that he, I'm like, stop, stop letting him win. But then I'm like, okay. Calm down. <laughs> this is her game. This is, this her is how game. she plays. Her house, uh, her game. Let him win, I guess. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, uh, there's certain games where I'm like, I'll just try, you know, this, mm-hmm. I'm not good at this. But if it was something like Trivial Pursuit or like mm-hmm. Celebrity You're or in. whatever, yep. I'm like, same. get out of my fucking way. Yeah. I'm going to win this bullshit. We couldn't be on the same team, but no. also we, we would probably not be friends after <laughs> <I know. laughs> Because I'm the same, especially with Celebrity. But, I mean, it sucks because Jeremy hates board games. He cannot – what he does is he spends most of the game trying to figure out what other people's strategy is. And then by the end, he's like, oh, I guess I lost, like, because he <laughs> hasn't been paying attention. And Elliot just rage quits every game. Like, we haven't, as a family, finished a sorry game ever. <laughs> but she always wants to play it. Oh, this time, I promise, I promise. And so the two of them are just the worst people to play with. So I'm stuck in this house with a bunch of cool games and not able to play. <laughs> it's torture. My my dream is to feel comfortable enough to rage quit. And just really let that come out. I want to end by like flipping oh, the board and storming. That's off. how you gotta do. Yeah, we've had um flipping the board a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. 
So uh, the question of the week this week, listeners, is uh, two hours in here. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, God. What do you... I feel like it's my fault. No, none no, of us no, helped. No, no, no. All of us mm. contributed to this. It, it would have been a little better if we hadn't done half an hour of show before we started the show. <laughs> right. Too, right. What do you recommend from one of your areas of expertise? Uh, as we head into the fall and uh, we need to continue uh, preserving whatever sanity we have left... What, what uh, in your wheelhouse, in your subset of knowledge, uh, would you want to share with the rest of us, with the rest of the class? So uh, we're trying to figure out a way to phrase this question. But now that you've heard all this, it'll make a little more sense. Yeah, you know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in a little corner of the world where you feel, uh, you know, well-prepared or well-suited, what do you recommend for the rest of us who maybe aren't so read in? Yep. All right. And with that, we'll go to... Uh, Tishi recommends as if we haven't done enough. <laughs> well, I know quickly. I just was going to circle back. I really recommend uh, revisiting the La La Land so good. Oscar. It's so good and exciting to watch. Every th- I've watched it. Mm, I mean, I want to go see how many times I've watched it because it's a lot. It is always thrilling and it's always like embarrassing, but exciting. Yeah, oh, my God. When the guy when the guy is making this, the bald guy is making the speech, but he already knows and he doesn't want to go up, but they make him go up. And also it's Ben Platt's dad that makes him go up, which is mm-hmm. nepotism. Like, it's crazy. Anyway, he doesn't want to go up. And then he goes, well, by the way, we lost in this kind of jerky dick way. Um, And then uh, Jordan, I can't remember his last name, but the other bald guy does. I... It's like the Zapruder film for me. Like I could like go like make like a PowerPoint. Like, <laughs> like he does a perfect. He faces the card out and it says. And he's kind of shaking. Moonlight. I think he was yes. really nervous and scared. He was, re- but he did a good job oh, of showing so it. Good. And then it's really good. It's really oh, exciting. But then you have so to weird. go to uh, Warren Beatty, who's like, oh, I want to show you that I I can read. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I <know>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Warren Beatty takes up all the time, yeah. like slowly, agedly talking about like why he read. Everybody's like, I don't care about yeah, this. Step away. Um, but it is really good. And the reaction, you can just hear the audience just going like, what is happening? Anyway, it's great. I recommend it. I'll post a link to it because it's really fun. Oh, I am hiding under. I know. I got sweaty just thing. talking about it. It's such. Yeah. I watched it real time and I was like, what? What the? F- I know. I was getting ready to leave my friend's house. I'm like packing it. Okay, I guess it was all LA. I'm like, whatever, that's fine. And I'm packing up my stuff. And then we just like look back, like, what? What's ha- like, is there a terrorist attack or something? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? And then, oh, it's, and then the Matt Damon ish character that was the stage manager. Oh, man, mm-hmm. that guy. Anyway. And- which one of you for the shameless Amazon plug of the week has recommended something from a brand called Pony Bro in all capital Pony letters? Pony Bro, that's me. I'm like, is that is it like a is it like My Little Pony? Oh. <laughs> yeah, but look at the picture of it, you guys. I know, I know, it's so cool. It cool. Okay, so I had to get a new TV because my old TV went on the fritz. And with the old TV, uh, it was one of the sort of old. Uh, like early generation smart TVs. And so the interface was super like clunky and it was in and out of Wi-Fi. I did not like it. So I bought a Chromecast so that I would just do that. Well, this new TV has a much better smart TV features and I'm going to use it. But the only thing I hate is that stupid remote control 
search mm-hmm. thing where you have to go letter by letter. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't know this the kind of thing existed. I'm so happy. I'm getting this. Well, I, I get so I'm ordering mad. one right now. Yeah. I get so <laughs> mad because I'm so like, why is the interface like a like they do it like it's a queer tea, but like you yeah. have to go like, yeah, click 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 click. Oh, click click click. Yeah, I'm like, I can't do this if I'm going to use this television like this. I can't do it. Oh my god. So I ordered the Pony Bro backlit mini wireless keyboard with touchpad, mouse combo, QWERTY keyboard. Blah 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 blah. So it's a USB thing. So there's no cords. Thank God. And because I still, like, pretend that I'm a fun person, I got the one that's rainbow backlit. There was one where you could get, like, blue or pink or green. And I was like, fuck, no, I'm getting the rainbow one. So it's just a teeny weeny little keyboard. I don't know. It's like six inches by four inches or something like that. Like you could put it into a backpack easy that I'm just going to have sitting on the shelf next to my chair and then be able to not drive myself crazy when I'm trying to type in for the tv fuck yeah and it arrived this morning i haven't taken it out of the box yet so do we'll an see. unboxing video yes, please do an unboxing <laughs> please and it was less than twenty dollars yep. wow so. you've already influenced three people to buy it please do yep. an unboxing <laughs> <laughs> and now oh man that's awesome i it is yeah. like my major complaint also if you know sometimes if you haven't used Occasionally, like, I'll go a little bit without using Hulu or something, and I'm, like, typing in my password, oh, my email, and my password. Uh, uh, I know, the struggles. <laughs> that's, that's why all my passwords are ABC123, because of this. So, I this will help the security of my identity. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> You're welcome. Glad I could help. Oh, that's awesome. All right. When you're done buying your Pony Bro keyboard from Amazon with our link, you can buy things from us by clicking on the the shop button at the show is everything.com. Rate and review us in the podcatcher of your choice. And uh, go ahead and uh, take an Amazon item that we've plugged and make a link to it on your home screen on your phone so that you can just access it easily, even from your phone. Uh, and you can buy things and we get money from Bezos when you do yeah take that money all right get involved this show has everything.com is the website throw your phone.com you can submit all of your i mean if you're annoyed with us fine just submit it that way <laughs> or, or tell us that we're doing a good job um the facebook group is super fun as we previously mentioned so join us over there if you are willing and able the show twitter is at tishy show and email us at tishi at 10710.com. Send us a voice memo, please. I love them. Um, Bobby is back in the area of the facts, though I think you get them all digitally, but you're in your office. So yes. you're in this you're in the 617. So <laughs> fax in your butt at 617-354-8513. And with that, uh, thanks for joining us, y'all. And that really was everything. Covered a lot. Yeah, we did. That <laughs> <laughs> was everything. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No one can say that we didn't fulfill our premise. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> Sex positions. Detective Soup. novels. Pies. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, all right. <clears throat> Did not write an intro, so I'll just... Uh, we yeah, live. Live. Do I don't live. know why I didn't just figure it out over the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to know about scrunchies on your dick. <laughs> and scrunchies are back in style now. I know, so I mean, it's I, easy to get. <laughs> I understand the science. <laughs> Science of dick scrunchies. I would like someone to try it and get back to us. Like, is it really? The lady scientists are on the case. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go to Target and get a scrunchie and report back. <laughs> Jeremy's like, no, man, no. <laughs> Oh, okay. Happy birthday, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs>